Welcome to the Way of the Emotional Warrior podcast. Where we investigate how to master and harness the energy of our emotions to regain our power, vitality, confidence, and quality of life. There are tons of websites, books, videos, and courses that speak about changing your thoughts and mindset. You know, three steps to this, nine tips for that. Old school personal development told us that all of our blocks come from the brain and our thinking process. However, new research proves that our thinking and decision making actually comes from our emotions. After all, emotions are energy in motion. Emotions drive our money decisions, life choices, relationships, and even our health and fitness. Having the life of freedom and joy that we all crave requires that we first master our emotional center. Welcome to The Way of the Emotional Warrior. All right, welcome to another episode of Way of the Emotional Warrior podcast. Today we have a very interesting guest. His name is Rich Lewis, and I will just go ahead and pass the torch to him, and he can tell you exactly what he's all about. So go ahead, Rich. Welcome. Sure. Thanks for having me on. Um, Thanks for inviting me. Hopefully this will help your community or give them another tool to take a look at that may help them. Um, So again, my name is Rich Lewis. I have a site called silenceteaches.com, and it focuses on centering prayer. And centering prayer is really just a a form of silent meditation, wordless prayer. And it's really two things. It's meditation and a relationship with God. And through this practice, or at least I've discovered, and I want to share it with others, is it can help you become your true self, you know, the person you're intended to be, if, if you have a belief in, a God, in God, you know, the person God wants you to be, or whatever you want to call God, what some people like to call God, higher power or spirit. But this practice has really helped, since I've been doing it, has helped me remove a lot of interior competing voices that tell me things that aren't true and open up to the true voice inside of me, my true self, and help me live and continue to journey to to my true self and who this person is and what I should be sharing with the world. You know, the the term that pops up for me when when you mention this is meditation, right? So silent meditation. But what I think you're bringing to the game that I like is and again, different schools of thought and different, you know, schools of meditation have different approaches, but I like to have not necessarily a purpose, but, but I guess sort of a generic reason why I'm even doing it and calming down might be nice. But I think when you say that you can expose your authentic self, and that's really what the emotional warrior way is, is to live that authentic life. So what you're saying is here, guys, you know, the emotional warriors, we have a tool and a technique that will allow you. And I would assume, you know, from your book that it's with practice and with time, this isn't all that easy in the beginning. But I would say, you know, what you mentioned in the book, which is, you know, start with a minute is what it took you and you could barely do it, probably thinking of 40 things in those 60 seconds. So I I understand the process, but we're going to talk about the benefits in a second. So I don't want to label that it is meditation for you, but that's just what pops into my mind when you say it. Right. And I mean, it is, it's really a practice. So it it is meditation and it's a relationship with God and it's to connect us to our true self, which is buried deep with inside of us. And it's, it's a way of, if you keep at the practice, it'll 
pull the true self out of you and you'll take action on your true self, or at least that's what I've experienced. So it's, it's a practice and a relationship with God and a, I guess, a relationship to my true self so that it can blossom and bloom. Yeah. And, and I think the taking action, that's the key. That's part of what the whole concept of warrior, why I chose that name is aiming at giving us something to do. Okay. Just, you know, cause we don't want to just sit back and talk. I mean, we have to do something. Um, new times are coming. I mean, they are already here, obviously, but they're coming. I mean, and what this new normal, let's just say in the world of today, you know, post pandemic or, you know, tail end of pandemic, we don't even know where we are right now, but where we come out of this, we're going to have to take action. And I think that's really important that you're giving us this tool. So let me start with a question that I think can get us moving here in the direction of where you want to go and also where I want to go. So how is silence a teacher? So um, silence, or and actually maybe I'll, shall I quickly explain centering prayer because then that'll answer the good. question. Absolutely. So go ahead. Centering prayer um, has four guidelines, and actually the practice itself has been around since the early 1970s. It was created in the early 1970s by actually three Trappist monks, three Catholic priests, as a reaction to they saw transcendental meditation happening, and they wanted something for the Christian community. So they created centering prayer, and centering prayer has four guidelines, or four, basically you sit comfortably, and then with the use of a, what we call a sacred word, usually one, two, or three syllables, and you can pick any word you want, ocean, um, Jesus, God, faith, a color, whatever. Um, you sit with your eyes closed, you introduce this word interiorly, and then really whenever you engage a thought, and what I mean by that is whenever you begin planning your day rather than sitting there or thinking about the past, you reintroduce this word into your mind to bring you back to the present moment and open to the presence and actions of God within. And you do this whenever needed during your silent sit, however long that'll be, whether it's one minute or five minutes or if you sit for 20 minutes, you continue this use of the sacred words. So it's not a mantra that you're, you're doing over and over again. And there are practices that have mantras where it's over and over again. But in this case, you're just using it when needed. So that's what um, centering prayer is. And then coming back to the question, you said, remind me the question again, since I got stuck on the guidelines. Yeah, how, that's fine. How is silence a teacher? Okay. So if you think about the practice, you're using your sacred word to let go of any thought or emotion during your silence sit. And it turns out that outside of your practice, you, you begin to do the same thing. So outside of your centering prayer times, you learn to let go of all these voices in our heads that tell us things that aren't true. And we, and we, we do this all the time. I'm not, I'm not the right person for this task, or I'm too old to try this, or I'm too young to try this, or I, I'm not the right person. When the reality is you, you are, you have what you need to do to, to accomplish this task. And, and in many cases, you are the right person. So silence, it, the practice it helps you let go of thoughts that you tell yourself that are not true and then hone in and, and focus on the task at hand or even replace these thoughts with thoughts that, you know what, I am the right person and I know I can do this and I know I can handle this. Or maybe I just need to ask for some help and now I'm off to the races. So it teaches you who you are and what you can do and helps you let go of thoughts that really are not helpful to you <laughs> at all. Yeah, that's, 
That's great. I mean, I think that that is a great thing as we walk around with so much noise. Uh, you had mentioned earlier the uh, centering prayer guidelines, and you had talked about the sacred word. So let's do, I want to kind of do this one more time. So if I were to say, let's just use the word uh, sycamore, right, for a tree. So if I were to use that, when I go to sit, that word is going to do what for me? What, what is that? Is it the first thing that I say? Is it the thing that brings me in? Is it the place that I'm trying to get to? Can you walk through that one more time? Sure. So as I said, you'll sit and then you'll introduce that word, if that's the word you've chosen, to bring you to the present moment and, and, and let go of any thoughts you're engaging on. So you're, you're really using it as a placeholder just to keep bringing you back to the present moment and the purpose of your sit, just to sit with God or the universe or, your, or life or your higher power, or whatever you believe. You're, you're not using it as a mantra, and you're also not using it to, to meditate on the word and dwell on that word. So if you find you are, then you might want to pick a different word that's really just going to you're going to use to bring yourself back because then you let go of that word as well. You only use it when needed, when you notice you're not letting go of all of your thoughts. And what actually one other thing I'll say too is you can you don't have to use a word. So I'll call it sacred method. You can use a word. Many people are auditory people. I started with a word and then I moved to an image. So you can use a word if you're an auditory person. You can use an interior image if you're more of a visual person where you're thinking of an image in your head. You can use your breath if you're more of a physical person to bring yourself back. Or you, if some people are fearful, they'll fall asleep while they're meditating. So they will keep their eyes open and stare at a certain spot five or six feet in front of them or, or down toward the ground. So you can use, I tell people to use the method that works best for them, but then stick with that method during the practice. Don't switch from one method to the next method or even you know, from one word to another word, because then you're spending more time focusing on that rather than the practice. Okay, so for beginning people doing this, let's say you can, you decide a minute is what you've got, right? And after even three seconds, you're already drifting into what's for lunch and what's on the checklist of stuff to do. Um, do you suggest going to the word again at that point or the image, or is that only in the beginning? No, you use whenever needed. So whenever you need to. So even if you feel like I've done it, I've had to use the word a thousand times or 10,000 times, that's okay because that's 10,000 times you redirected yourself back to the present moment. So no, you use it, you use it whenever needed. So sometimes you feel like you're using it a ton of times. Other times you, you naturally bring yourself back even without the word. Okay. You know, I, I know a lot of people would like to do this and meditate or the, you know, the center of prayer, but I, I, I want to somehow make sure that they know that it's okay, that it, it, you're all over it. And eventually it starts to settle down for you. Right. I mean, this is, this is a practice makes better. I don't know about perfect, but makes better in terms of how to do this. Right. I mean, you can't fail at it. So because you're having a lot of thoughts does not mean you failed. I mean, your job really is just to show up and do the practice and keep returning to the present moment. So you can't fail. I think the only way you fail is if you decide I'm not going to show up. And then even in that case, you know, be kind and gentle yourself to with yourself and just show up 
the next time that you plan on suing. Yeah, I like the term showing up. I think as far as emotional warriors go, that's that's one of the main things because you start to take charge of your life. You're no longer in this passive passenger mode. You know, showing up means you're actually making decisions. Great. Uh, next question. I, in your book, saw a line that really resonated well, which is that centering prayer has taught you how to listen. It's one of the things you mentioned in your experience. Can you expand on that a little bit for us? Yeah, I think just, you know, just the practice of with the sacred method. And as I said, I use an image, just the idea that I'm practicing letting go to what's engaging me during centering prayer has helped me in outside of my centering prayer time where I learn I don't need I sometimes I just need to listen to people We're we're often planning what we're going to say after they're done talking, or we're planning in our head a reaction to it that I don't agree with what they're saying and what we're, um, or, or any type of emotion in our head. So I think centering prayer has helped me just let go of any expectation or any reaction and just be more willing to listen to someone and not worry about what I'm going to say and not planning what I'm going to say and not even reacting to it with any emotion, just listening to them. Because most people, I guess, if they, if they want a, your tip or advice, they'll ask you. A lot of times they just want you to know you're listening to them. They don't, like my wife, sometimes she doesn't, she doesn't want a reaction or advice. She just wants to know that I'm listening to her. And once I start reacting or giving her my advice, I get in trouble. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, but I mean, it's not something that we get rewarded for is the listening initially as we start to come into living i think we get rewarded for having those snappy comebacks and you know that's why you get so in my mind that's why i get so intensely cautious because i want to say the right thing doesn't have to be a win it's not a checkmate situation but i don't want to end up i almost feel like having that pause after someone else speaks is is a is a detrimental thing, but I obviously through our discussion here, it's probably a really beneficial thing to have a little bit of moment in between what someone else says. You get to digest it because you actually heard it. And if you were to give advice, you probably would have better because you actually listened versus already formulating an answer after three seconds when they spoke. So, right. I mean, a silent pause it can be powerful. We don't need to answer right away. You can take a pause. And sometimes maybe that person, They'll pause, and they may have more to say. So you've given them an opportunity to 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 keep keep talking. So silence is powerful, and it, just because there's silence doesn't does not mean the other person is is expecting any reaction from you. It's you're we're, you're both just digesting what was just said. Okay. Um, another part of the book talks about something called the reset button. Can you expand on that a little bit? Yeah, what I like, um, you know, I encourage people. So, so for me, I practice twice a day. I start my day with a silent sit. So for me, that's the best way to begin my day. It's God and I partnering. It, it's, I, I consider it I sit with God and then I get up and walk with God and partner with God during the day on all my tasks. But then the you run out of gas, you run out of energy. So you need to reconnect to life, reconnect to the tasks in front of you. So I do a second sit usually right before my, I take a later lunch. So it might be one or two o'clock in the afternoon, my time. But before that, I'll take a second sit. And it's 
it's it's like a reset button. It reconnects me to God, reconnects me to life, reconnects me to the things I need to do to finish the second half of the day. Uh, and I'll even give another example. A couple of years back, work was really busy, really chaotic, and I needed even more silent pauses. So I moved to three sits, but shortened their length. So I, I did a 13-minute sit to start the day, a 13-minute sit right before lunch, and then about two hours later, even after that uh, pre-lunch sit, I did another sit. I needed it. And I, and I found so pe some people will say I don't have time to sit. And what I found is, you know, it had a way of giving me back time because it reconnected me to what I needed to do. And I could let go of the things that were weighing on my mind and hone in and focus on the tasks that I still needed to do. So for me, it, it is very much a reset and, and reconnect to life and what, what I need to pay attention to at that moment. Yeah, I, you know, I'm looking forward to doing some of these things, you know, some I already do in, in different language, but you know, I definitely want to kind of tweak some of what it is that I'm gaining from what it is you said. Um, you want to tell people about your book real quick? Sure. Um, the book came out last August. It's called Sitting with God, A Journey to Your True Self Through Centering Prayer. And, and the book, what I tried to do is accomplish a couple things. One, um, I wanted it to make it very accessible for everyday people. So it's not written at an academic level. It's written for everyday people so that they can learn you know, what is centering prayer and how do you do it. Um, in the book, I talk a little bit about my theology and where, where I am at at the present time. And then most importantly, I, I wrote a lot about how the practice has healed and transformed me and give a lot of examples throughout the book, you know, how it has healed me and how it has transformed me. And then I think it can do the same for you if it's a practice you want to consider. So, and there's many practices out there. So I challenge people to take a look at it, try it, and see if this practice can help you as much as it helped me. So those are really the, the, the three things that the, that the book, or I tried to make sure the book um, was about. Okay. Uh, I, I'm very pleased with, you know, what the work is that you're doing. I am really thankful and grateful that you uh, chose to come on to the podcast and you know, we've got a global audience. I mean, there's there are tons of countries that actually peek in on this, which I, I'm already grateful for that. But I think it'll also be really neat if people in a global setting can access, you know, what it is that you have come up with. I mean, this this truly is sort of a, a, a global adventure here, what we're doing. So um, I will put uh, Rich's contact information into our show notes. So please, you know, go check out his work. It's really wonderful. I suggest you get his book. Uh, you know, I've been looking through it. I think it's a very good read. There are lots of nice little tips in there where even if you just stop, you know, when you get to one and you go, wow, this really makes sense in my life and then pick it up another day. So well done, Rich. Thank you for sharing that with us. Uh, thank you for being on the podcast. No, I appreciate it. Thank you for having me on. And, and I'll just simply encourage people, you know, go to my site, silenceteaches.com. I have a free ebook on centering prayer. So if it's something you've never heard of and you just want to try it and explore it and see what it's all about, uh, when you subscribe to my website, you'll, you'll get the free ebook and you can check it out for yourself and see if it's something that you think can help you as well. And then if you find that you're 
more interested in it, you can poke, you know, poke around my website, um, check out my new book if you want to further explore it. And I, and I love the dialogue. So if you reach out to me, I'll, I'll reach, I read all my emails and, and respond to all my emails. I, I love to interact with people. So feel free to reach out to me. I love interaction. Wonderful. Well, I welcome you to, you know, the tribe of the emotional warriors. And uh, thank you so much for, you know, taking your time. And hopefully this will impact and help out a tremendous amount of people. I think it's wonderful work. Thank you. So, thank you for having me. Absolutely. Hey, thank you for sharing your time with us today. We would like to know what your thoughts are on today's topic. Please join the conversation on www.kyennis.com and at Instagram at Way of the Emotional Warrior. So have a great day and be well.